This is the Broncos Blitz, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Here's your host, Danny Williams. Back in another edition of the Broncos Blitz podcast. I am Danny Williams. Jake Meyer is my co-host. He produces the product as well. Jake, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I my just, brother! I, stop yelling at me. No, I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> we had a great show. Uh, from 9 to 11, Smile High Morning Show. Yeah. Uh, it was a banger of a show, and I'm looking forward to taking that into uh, this podcast. I agree. We got some momentum. We had a good show today. Um, today's episode of the podcast will feature a handful of different things, a variety of different things. Uh, for one, I want to talk about Javante Williams, okay? Teddy Bridgewater um, had some kind of interesting comments, not kind of interesting comments, some very interesting comments about the rookie Broncos running back who, again, um, we talk about... comments. Yeah, yeah. No doubt about it. We talk about the quarterback position for the Denver Broncos being like the quarterback for the Steelers or the Giants or the Cowboys. It's one of like the most important positions in all of professional sports, Okay. Also, though, the Broncos being the starting running back for the Denver Broncos. That's pretty prestigious, man. Very. Um, not a lot of teams and franchises kind of have them. We're talking about some of the next most important positions in the NFL. I mean, like iconically, you know, it's that, you know, it's the Denver Broncos running back position. Guys have had so many guys have had so much success. And, um, you know, we go back to Floyd Little, the first great Bronco. You know, um, to um, Terrell, De- Terrell Davis, the great one, to I loved what, you know, the, the, the small sampling, two-season sample size of Clinton Portis right. and everything that he was. And I love the tale even more that we turned Clinton Portis into um, Champ Bailey. I'm from the Orlandis Garys to the Mike Andersons to the Tatum Bells to the Orlandis uh, Mike Bell yeah to the Mike Bells to the all I mean just Peyton all, Hillis all these guys <laughs> Peyton Hillis good one Jake for real um, C J Anderson you know I think he was a little C. bit C J Anderson man Ronnie Hillman leads the team in rushing yards in 2015 because right. CJ's on the bench CJ comes back and then it's like the offensive motor like the putting offensive motor uh it's like the motor to um a lawnmower that was just enough offense for the Broncos to go win Super Bowl 50 so um Javante Williams is cut from that cloth I think Jake of mm-hmm. maybe the next great one, one of the next great ones we've talked about on the podcast, if you've listened to the podcast a couple times before, of how we perceive his value. Um, for one, let's start with moving up for a guy, okay? The Broncos, you move up five picks for a guy. Um, that's a big target. That is a bullseye. That is, you don't just like a guy. That means you're in love with the guy. Yeah. Okay? That's when you move up for a guy. That's like the devastating thing about Paxton Lynch. It was like, again, I always say... If the Broncos happen to be on the clock and you're at 25 and you're like, oh, man, Paxton Lynch, we had him going. We thought he'd be gone at 12. You know, we have him as our um, 12th overall player in the draft. Uh, again, we don't have the need there. We weren't really thinking that, but he's on the clock. And we're on the clock. He's there and we're on the clock. What do we do? 
You know, do you stay true to your form, stay true to your draft board? And that's, you know, why we spent all this time the whole season to to get to this point and build this board. Or do you get emotional and draft the quarterback? Yeah, that Um, was that was the biggest indictment on John Elway and the Broncos front office that season was that's trading up. That's one thing is like he's there. We're on the clock. What do we do? Uh, Let's shake him. You know, the room's divided. Oh, uh, yeah, I know uh, um, Coach Johnson and Coach Richards hate him but uh, and think he's garbage. But uh, a couple of our guys think he's, you know, well, first class. He's got some Ben Roethlisberger in him. Uh, and they take him. But to move up, to trade up for a guy really says I'm in love with the guy. So while that blew up in the Broncos' face dramatically with not only Paxson, what, who do they move up for, Shane Ray? Um, for Shane Ray, I think they moved up for Shane Ray. Did. Memory serves correct. Um, that doesn't always work out, and then it's also when it doesn't, it's an indictment. Draft picks don't work out. That's no big deal. But when like you've got a big target on a guy, it's like he's your guy. So, um, what does that mean for Javante Williams? Nothing. You know, Paxton's lack of success has nothing to do with Javante. Right. I hope it means the Broncos. You know, and, and, and George Payton goes show how savvy they are. How ready they are to win, and this is a home run move. And maybe they don't go draft Justin Fields or Mac Jones with their first round pick, but they get the value of a very high number one overall pick in Javante Williams, who we're talking about because Teddy Bridgewater said he had the quote unquote qualities of Alvin Kamara. Oh. oh, yeah. So if you listen to the radio show, if you've ever listened to the radio show, uh, we're the Smile High Morning Show. Jake and I do it every single day, Monday through Friday at Mile High Sports. Um, you know, I've been doing the show for over a decade. Um, I'm a, a local legend. Jake's the next great legend. And that legend might be strong. Full hero. Okay. In Denver radio. So um, when... Kamara was a rookie four or five years ago, five years ago, him and Christian McCaffrey coming out of the draft. You know, like every single year we predict, we mock, we do the whole thing. My prediction for the Broncos, my pick for the Broncos was Alvin Kamara. And it started the quote unquote, have you heard my Kamara stuff, which, you know, Jake plays. I'll have him go find it and play it. He's played a million times. I'm sure he's sick of it. Where it's like Mm -hmm. 30 seconds of me telling you how awesome Kamara is going to be and just giving you the rundown, telling you it's going to be better than Christian McCaffrey. You know, the comp is like LaShawn McCoy, but a better athlete. It's just spot. Like, incredibly just nailed it dead Killed on. It. Loved it. Killed it. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate it. Um, and, like, again, it's are we tooting our own horn? Yeah. But, again, I got a lot of T.O. in me. They may hate me, but I love me some me. Okay? So, pre-draft. The draft's April 20th. April-ish, you know. <laughs> End of the month. Um, whatever it was. We do our pre-draft stuff. And, you know, everyone's asking, who's your next Kamara? Who's my next Kamara? So, again, my next Kamara is not only, you know, that means who's your next diamond in the rough. Who's your next great one, okay? But, actually, this time time around with Javante Williams, it's true to form. Who's your next Kamara? Well, my next Kamara is the guy who I think has a chance to be literally the next Kamara. And it's Javante Williams. And I just tell you how I think this guy is built like a brick poop house. Um, solid. He's solid as a rock, like powerful, and it's like weird. He's like big and small at the same time. With like Teddy said, like a lower center of gravity. He had. Hard I just to totally agreed with that. I called him like a big small guy, you know. Um, and he can do everything, absolutely everything, and he has a chance to be incredibly special. And we said to kind of tie it all together, 
through these couple of weeks of podcast that, uh, of course, Teddy's going to be the one to make it steady, so to speak. Teddy will keep it professional. Teddy will help move the chains. But who's going to, if this team's going to make the playoffs, make a huge leap, do something dramatic, it's because Javante's breaking off 37-yard runs for touchdowns, mm -hmm. going in the red zone. Um, Over the top. First and 10 from their 17 red zone time, and he takes it to the house from there. Take it to the house. Take it to the house. So that's, if Javante is like doing that kind of stuff, and he has 12 or 13 touchdowns, eight on the ground, five through the air with little short passes kind of stuff, well, then this Broncos offense goes from uh, what they're trying to be uh, professional, uh, legitimate, um, just middle of the pack to then something special, something dynamic, something spectacular. I think we all know whether you're a hater or you're pro Teddy, which is not a lot of pro Teddies. Um, and the guys who are pro Teddy were just, you know, lesser, you know, um, anti lock, not even necessarily pro Teddy. And I say that because I think we know Teddy's going to go throw 22, 24 touchdowns, maybe have 25 as in a total, maybe you know, 20 through the air, five on the ground-ish. You know, um, not great, not spectacular. I think we hope for a little bit more than that. I think we'd hope for a little bit more than that, which I do think he's capable of. But again, hoping and you could hope in one hand and Cello said you could hope in one hand and poop in the other and see which one fills up first. So um, Teddy does his thing. Say Teddy does his thing. But Javante and Melvin Gordon, the combination of the two, become a superstar tandem of running back. What did that do for the Cleveland Browns? What were Baker's numbers? Baker's pedestrian. Let me look I at mean, Baker's numbers. Did Baker throw 27 touchdowns? Was that, you know, let me see here. I think he was around that mark. Uh, Baker has been, you know, his first couple years, he was, you know, having different offensive coordinators. Perfect. So we, we couldn't really see too much from him. But last year with a, a good, solid head coach and a solid team around him, I think he did very well. 26 touchdowns against eight picks. And do you great. know what was the year before? 22 touchdowns against 21 picks. The Ooh. year before, Baker threw more yards but had 21 interceptions. He might have led the league, actually, uh, against 22 touchdowns. That's, in a, that's, a, that's a loser ratio. That's what we're talking about, like him being a bust. The next year, what happens? New professional head coach who comes in, knows what he's doing, is going to run the ball and use, utilize his two running backs um, as the key to success and have Baker be the compliment. I'll tell you, if Teddy Bridgewater can go give me 26 touchdowns against eight picks, the Broncos are going to do some of the same stuff the Browns did, bro. I can see that from Teddy. I could definitely see that from Teddy. Too. And going back to Javante Williams, Williams real quick, we've compared him to Nick Chubb almost all offseason. You've compared him to Kamara, and now, obviously, Teddy Bridgewater's comparing him to Kamara. Uh, that's two top five running backs in this league that Javante Williams is already getting comparisons with. Wow. That's that's amazing. Well, and we're about if he comps, can, you know, because we don't have anything to base anything off of, and we got to right. have comps. If, if he lives up to that, that expectation... He's going to take over the starting job in no time. So, again, I think that's kind of the goal. And I think that's when you take a guy at that point, you want him to be part of your plan for the full term. of As a running back, you take him that high, you're not thinking about, oh, man, I hope he's great for three or four years. And then we re-sign him for four more years. Neds, bro. You draft this guy there, and you hope to get four years, actually three years, of like high-octane, high-performance sports car um, capabilities 
from the guy. And then after that, I mean, again, they turned into like Todd Gurley, who's 27 on the street. Um, again, uh, that's, those are Disney stories where, you know, for a running back now, where you go earn a second contract. Well, I mean, the only difference between, you know, Todd Gurley and the rest of these guys is that Todd Gurley in college had a torn ACL and then re-injured himself in the NFL as well. So he was kind of behind the eight ball when it comes to I his think health. You're right. And that's um, I don't want to take any. It's not a shot at Javante. It's what the quarterback position is. And what I mean by that when I said it is Javante can be a superstar right now. Yes. And I mean, um, what's today? Thursday and 10 days. Okay. When they play the Giants could be his coming out party where he goes 13 carries you know, for 80 yards and a touchdown uh, kind of stuff. And we realize, what do we have here? What do we have in our hands here? Um, 10 days? Man, that feels good to say. Doesn't We're it? right around the corner. Wow, Football season geez, is right here. But Nine days, actually. That's, ah, 10 days. It feels great. Um, I can't wait to see what this Broncos team is uh, capable of. And with Javante and Melvin Gordon, you know, they're gonna we're going to see a, a different Broncos style this year. Yeah. So, you know, the theme of the podcast today, I want to talk about Javante and then Teddy's compliments on him and just my thought process of if this team takes takes the big leap, he might be the true, like, the Hemi, the uh, whatever kind of, you know, six-cylinder, whatever kind of engine you may have in, you know, that that that, that uh, King Ranch or that uh, <laughs> F-250 or whatever you might have. He's the guy who could really, truly carry this team. Literally and uh, metaphorically speaking. Um, okay, let's call this the halfway point of the podcast. Want to mention, you can find this podcast anywhere podcasts exist in the whole wide world of podcasting, okay? So you can go to milehighsports.com, which is where we're at, the Mile High Sports Studios here in the Tech Center. We just got done with our radio show, and now we're right in the middle of this podcast. But uh, check this podcast out in the Mile High Sports app as well. Uh, it's new, and it's really super easy to use, and it's awesome, actually. But if you do podcasts like at the Apple Play, the Stitcher, the uh, – give me some others. Spreaker, yeah. uh, Spotify, Apple podcast pod bean i mean i just put two words together pod and bean it turns out to be a real thing so that's actually a real thing so go check us out subscribe to us comment on the podcast and we'd really appreciate that kind of stuff but also got to mention our partner in the pod uh DraftKings, the DraftKings sportsbook um nfl's back uh i just you know um my guy jake Got so excited, he had to, I mean, you can't hear it on the podcast, he had to go change his shorts, actually, because I said, um, the NFL seasons, it's like here, it's kind of like here, you know, and it goes official in 10 days. And the DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And they're giving our listeners to this podcast something really cool, okay? All new users, a can't-miss offer for week one. Bet $1, Jake. No, I didn't say 100 I didn't say 1000 I didn't even say 10 I said $1, a buck, okay, on any NFL game during the first week of the season and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Take advantage of this limited-time offer right now. Yeah, you heard right. That's right, Iceman. Uh, DraftKings is giving all new users $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more in any week one game. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Check out all the great promotions, the daily odds boosts, all the things they do to give you a chance to win and make it very easy for you. Um, plus, you can make um, a small bet turn into lots of money with these really cool same-game parlays that they offer. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. Okay. You, you got to use my promo code MHS to get in on the action. Promo code MHS equals um, free $200 in bets instantly. A limited time, though, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Okay. Yesterday we talked about um, the Broncos being better or worse. You know, what, you know, well, give me reasons and um, why. Tell me reasons why they're better. And then even we looked closer at it, going position group by position group. You know, kind of really mm-hmm. tried to chop it up, looking at numbers, looking at. Uh, I mean, you know, we talked to the karma, what kind of karma. You know, it's like, do they <laughs> again? You have to some years some teams that plus minus touchdown ratio to turnover ratio stuff. You know, you win that usually a pretty good team, and those things um, you can't create it. John Fox used to, if the ball's on the ground, pick it up and run the other way and finish it every single time. You know, that was John Fox way. Um, but some years, some teams, you know, the Broncos haven't had those great turnover numbers the last couple of years. This year, new cast of characters. Um, you know, again, it's the roulette, the bulk land anywhere over and over again. Different colors, you know, hit that green, bust you out. Um, I could think this could be the year the Broncos could have some of that turnover help. Because oh. now they got turnover creators. Yes, 100 uh, percent, especially with getting Vaughn and, and Bradley Chubb back together uh, healthy. Uh, what what's the number one way to generate turnovers? A strong pass rush. Get that quarterback, you know, with his happy feet and you know breathing down his neck, and he's gonna you know try to get rid of the ball no sooner doubt. than he wants to. And Even with those the bo- balls that just almost hit the ground, get picked. Uh, f- uh, forced fumble recovered usually by you know that team's offensive line finds a way into um, you know to Broncos possession. Those things if it happens for you five or six or eight extra times a season, one or two times extra every other game, once every game, then we're talking about something potentially special happening. That comes with just kind of sheer luck and you know almost karma. No doubt about it. In a lot of weird ways. Yeah, and for for a long time, the Broncos' bread and butter has been generating those turnovers, uh, especially with that Super Bowl 50 defense. Oh, man. Uh, that, okay. was, that was the, the key to victory for... The Broncos was, you know, not only generating those turnovers, but also getting those turnovers and generating them in, and changing that into points, turning them into points. Yeah. Um, with with picks, whether it be a pick six or scoop and score, the Broncos yeah. did that uh, yeah. time in and time again. Uh, and now that you have a bolstered up secondary, uh, the pass rush is going to be back. At least you would hope so. Then I can see a lot of the same things happening with this defense well, this year. That's all in addition, all all in addition to the real true upgrades they made personnel wise, the upgrades due to you know the getting better because of the experience kind of stuff, um, which you know led us kind of to believe the Broncos will be better, and maybe quite a bit better. So, words that kind of leave uh, got us to think in the rest of the league. Well, if the Broncos are going to be better, who's going to be worse? Right, and of the other teams who were in that worser category, who is going to be better this year. So let's just kind of go division by division, team by team. We'll have a chance to talk about 
some of um, the teams that you may want to discuss or not, but we don't have to um, talk about every team uh, in detail. I'll start in the NFC West, a division I really like, maybe the div- uh, the best division in the NFL. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks were 12-4 and four last year. Are the Seahawks better or worse? The Seahawks are going to be worse this year. Uh, the Rams got better, and the, the 49ers also got better, in my opinion, as well, just because they got healthy. And that's going to take away from the Seahawks. And obviously, with a disgruntled Russell Wilson, it seems like he doesn't want to be there for much longer. Um, we'll see how that pans out in the future. But uh, I think that he, he might be a little checked out. And... The Seahawks are in a, uh, one of the, the toughest divisions in football, so I, yeah. I got them taking a step back. You could literally make an argument that any team, I, I mean, any of these four teams, the Seahawks, the Rams, the Cardinals, or the 49ers, are the best teams in the NFC. I can make the argument and test me on it. Give me, Tell me a team. You can say the I, Cardinals. I, I need the Cardinals okay. argument. Um, ascending young quarterback Mm -hmm. they're doing it the tampa bay way already young and talented but now with the jj watts the aj greens just adding 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 um not just the leadership stuff but like the quality of guys type of stuff to a team that might have needed a little leadership and a team that was already close they were eight and eight last year okay they scored 410 points last year they gave up 367 their defense led by vance it's uh um, guys were close, um, was uh, improved by the end of the season. I can make the case that the Cardinals could go from 8-8 eight and eight to 12-4 and four, um, and be wow. a team that scores 30 points a game and has a bunch of defensive players enough to win those games. I like that. I like that. You know, it's it's a tough argument just because they're Kyler they're still... turns into Russell Wilson this year. Okay, that's that's that, the thought process behind that. Yeah, you're banking on the development of a Kyler Murray because the rest of the team around him is very solid. You know, James Conner they added as well the running back James Conner Pittsburgh. Kenyon Drake is still there, uh, so they got a good stable of running Drake. backs. <laughs> Drake. <laughs> uh, and also with the receiving core, you got D Hop. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, AJ Green, so it's a, a solid no group, and I think the Seahawks are the only innovative team. young head coach. That yeah, if maybe he if he pushes the button right, but buttons right, and shows he's got some McVeigh in him, it could be you know just innovative. Um, they have a lot, a lot of pieces, and they're all in. Yeah. So if they're all in and they actually cash, then something special could happen for so, the team. And that's my worst argument you know yeah. that's that's that you know you, you called me on get making my having to make my toughest argument so yeah because i can see the other ones already oh the um, niners could win 12 games definitely and do just enough offensively as uh trey lance uh, progresses and proves himself and as a bona fide you know young star quarterback goes and gets you know it looks like herbert it looks like herbert a little more legs than arm but you get what i'm saying but right. they can win off of that too because there's they're a better team around him so i well, would say everybody in the NFC West has gotten better except for the Seahawks. Okay, um, I would agree with that. I think the Seahawks are a 10 and 6 team though because I think led by Russell Wilson who is a damn freaking good quarterback, that's as bad as it'll ever be. It's about 10 and 6. So that says two things. It's a good thing and a bad thing. A bad thing is they're probably down you know, at 10 and 6 and a good thing is that's as bad as it'll be for those guys. Um, and I think the Rams are the maybe and we'll do our prediction show next week might be the best team in the NFC. Mm. I believe in Stafford that much, McVay that much, uh, McVay that much. That defense. Um, 
that defense, Aaron Donald, uh, underrated receiving group. Uh, who's that running rookie running back last year? Uh, Cam Wake? Cam Akers. Cam Akers. He's out for the season, though. Okay. Well, That's um, why they got Sony Michelle. Scrap that. Edit this out of the podcast. And um, <laughs> uh, no, uh, that does that changes things a little bit, a little bit. But also, Cam Acres came out of nowhere too, so they might be able to find someone just kind of the same. So um, let's keep rolling here. NFC South: Saints, Buccaneers, Panthers, Falcons. Saints better or worse? They got worse. Okay. Uh, Jameis Winston's nope, not Drew Brees. Yeah. Uh, Michael Thomas is not going to be playing for the beginning of the season. Yep. Uh, they got that Callaway kid, so he's going to be decent, but. No Jared Cook, no Emmanuel Sanders, okay. no Mike, Michael Thomas for the early part of the year. I think Falcons, they got worse. Four and twelve last year, better or worse? I think they'll be a little bit better. Uh, adding Kyle Pitts, um, but losing yeah. Julio Jones, yeah, um, that's going to be maybe six wins. I would say down. five I don't know if to that six qualifies wins. As, but technically, it does. I don't know if that qualifies as better. Very slightly better. Uh, Panthers were five and eleven last year. I think they uh, win five games with that bunch of losers. I think they either stay the same or get worse. Okay. Um, the th- game is better or worse, not staying the same. So worse, you are eliminated from the game. And uh, no, uh, Tampa Bay now. Tampa Bay, I think they get better. I mean, they wow, won the Super yeah. Bowl. Uh, they were eleven and five. They were eleven and five in the regular season. I think, think they, they're twelve and five. I think now? they're a 12, 12 win team this regular season. Okay. Um, you know, running it back with all twenty two starters and Tom Brady running the whole thing. And Tom Brady is not going to have a torn MCL this season. Uh, which he played with on all season last year, so they might be a little bit better. NFC East. Redskins, Giants, Cowboys, Eagles. Who wins the division? Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to say the Cowboys win the division. Um, Dak Prescott's back. They're going to be a lot better than they were last year. I'm going to say they have nine, maybe ten wins. They win the division with nine and eight. Wow. Yeah. Just be just like that loser division. Yep. I mean, uh, Giants the, better or worse? The Giants they are, were ten and six. I think they get worse. They're going to be worse, no doubt. Eagles eleven and uh, four and eleven. They're and gonna, one. They they will be better. A little bit. Jalen Hurts with a full season under his belt is going to be better than it's the they coach were I last don't believe year. In, but Jalen Hurts might. Sirianni like, is a joke. Yeah. Uh, Washington football team nine uh, seven and worse. nine last year. Worse. They will be worse. They. I want them to be good. I like Fitzmagic and I liked what they did. I like Ron Rivera. I don't mm-hmm. like the franchise as a whole necessarily, and I definitely don't want success for their owner. I think he's terrible, but um, I think they will be about the same, even though I said, told you you can't really say that. You're so, eliminated. Sorry. NFC North, Packers, Bears, Vikings, Lions. Packers will be worse. Uh, they wow. lost Corey Lindsley, the, one of the best centers in the league. Bakhtiari's out for seven weeks as of right now. He might get That might be accelerated when the season comes. But that offensive line uh, is, is worse than it was last year, so I think it's going to prevent Aaron Rodgers from doing an MVP caliber yeah. season. And I think Rodgers is a little bit checked out. He doesn't want to play for this organization anymore. And well, we'll see. I, I think he's going to be... We'll uh, see if that emotional disconnection or lack of desire or something ends up hurting them. Um, they're a 10 or 11 win team. The Packers probably more like an 11 win team, 11 and 6. Still probably win that division. The Bears were 8 and 8 last year. I think they'll be about the same, but mm-hmm. have a bright future with Justin Fields as he develops. And by the end of the year, they see they got a real true QB potential star. Uh, QB yeah. one star. Um, Vikings will be the same. I think actually worse. They're seven and nine. Probably be six and ten. Um, 
Dallin Cook will keep them in games. They might score some points, but you got to be able to win games. And Kirk Cousins doesn't win games. And the Lions at 5-11 and 11 will be worse. They'll be in the lottery to hunt. They'll win three or four games. Lions will be worse, but I'm going to say the Vikings will be a little bit better. Uh, you know, they had a very young defense last year under Mike Zimmer. And, you know, Mike Zimmer is a, supposedly yeah. a defensive guy. So I think that their their young defense is with another year of experience will be better last, than last year. Okay, let's move to the AFC, and we don't have to do AFC West. We kind of did a whole show on it, and we'll talk more about it next week. But let's do the other three divisions, AFC South, Titans, Colts, Texans, Jaguars. The Jaguars won where they're 1-15 last year, so they got to be better, right? Yeah, the Jags will be better with Trevor Lawrence uh, running the ship. I heard people say they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, right. (laughs) They're not making the playoffs. That's that's a joke. The Titans are going to run that division. The Uh, Titans Titans are are 5-11. Are they better than that? Uh, you mean eleven and five? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, eleven yeah, and five. They're eleven and five. I think they are better than that. You know, I, adding, do, I think they're like five. Um, I think they're twelve and five or eleven and um six. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. Adding Julio Jones to the mix, AJ Brown, you know, is a stud. Derrick Henry. The, the Colts immediate. get way worse, right? Yes, Colts are a lot they worse. They were eleven and five as well. They get a lot worse. Going from a Hall of Famer to Carson Wentz, and then the injuries that they have as well. Texans were four and twelve. I'd say they probably win three games. They're worse. They uh, Deshaun Watson. I don't see him playing this year, so they're going to be a lot worse. Okay. Um, AFC East: Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. Are the Bills thirteen and three good again? I think they are. I think they are. I do too. It's going to be tough to dethrone the bo- the Bills from that. Even if they're eleven and six, they'll still be uh, as good as anybody rolling into playoffs. Definitely. Uh, uh, the Patriots got better. Um, you know, obviously with the free agent acquisitions, now they have their rookie quarterback to build upon in the future, and I think the that future. Um, you know, Mac Jones is going to do well for them. So I think the Patriots are better. Dolphins worse than ten and six. I say they're like more like an eight and eight team. Yeah, I I, I said on the show yesterday. I don't think two is the truth. So I'm uh, going to Pat- say they're worse. Patriots were seven and nine last year. I think they're about the same again. But you, they'll everyone will realize we got a future star in Mac Jones potentially, and everyone will be hype off of that. And next year's prediction will be you know different jets are better just because zach wilson is there and no more adam gase really they're better yeah i, I mean it's like the same exact guy as sam darnold i mean that's kind of not shortchanging him but it's like i don't know right i mean you could say that zach wilson is very similar to sam darnold but the main difference on why i think they're going to be better is sala the the head coach he is not adam gase adam gase is a dumpster fire wherever he goes so I, that that gives me at least one or two wins better already. Let's wrap this thing up with the NFC North: the Steelers, Ravens, Browns, the Bengals. The Bengals better? I think the Bengals are better. Joe Burrow healthy. They were four and eleven and one last year. Um, Jamar Chase hasn't been living up to the expectations. I think they win five games. Browns um, again. This had NFC North had a um, a twelve win Steelers team. Don't forget the Steelers won twelve games. An eleven win Ravens team and an eleven win Browns team. I'm gonna say the Browns are slightly better. Uh, just another year of development for Baker Mayfield, I building think, some more rapport with his team. I think they're the same, which is kind of a shout-out to them. But also, then we'll see Baker having to be able to do more in the playoffs in order to win a Super Bowl, keep it for a Super Bowl. He's doing just enough now, and they're winning with it. But then the, he'll have to uh, become a superstar and not just, yeah. you know, all talk. And then they'll have a chance to really do something special. So, um, again, they're like... They are took that next step in spite of all the things that maybe another regime saw in Baker doing. 
But give it to Baker to be able to hone it in um, and have really good numbers last year and do just enough for a Browns team um, that was really good last year. Ravens 11-5? and I think the Ravens are going to be right around that 11 win mark. 7 for me. Yeah, I, I think they get a, a slightly worse. No Dobbins, worse, man. Slightly worse. J.K. Dobbins is gone. I loved him. Mark Ingram is gone. So they're Mark Andrews? Ha- Mark Andrews is a great uh, tight end. Yeah. Um, but now that you Steelers have to, are definitely not as good as 12 and 4. No, right? no. Definitely not. They were uh, a facade. They were a facade of that undefeated team for a while. You're right. You called them out. And they, they got blown out by the Browns in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm going to say they're worse. And and everybody in that division is worse except for the Browns and the Bengals. Okay. That's the whole podcast. Um, thought it was a good one today. Can't say enough good things about Javante Williams and how excited I am about the guy. Uh, because I think he's got – like guys are always – <laughs> for better or for worse, I thought Josh Allen was worth the number one overall pick because he had superstar talent and upside, like five tool. Like if he was a baseball prospect, he'd be like one of these uh, Strasburgs. Like his rookie cards would be worth a fortune before he ever played because of the sheer tools alone. They took Baker number one. Josh Allen ends up being the superstar I thought he would be. But also there's a, a flip side to that. I'll admit that. That's Johnny Football. I thought, well, a team should have taken Johnny Football in the first round because just the superstar package and upside alone. Yep. And, you know, um, he flamed. Of course he did. But also um, it's the appeal of the superstar. That's what I love about Javante Williams. And I hope he hits. Uh, that's the whole podcast. Jake, good job. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Tomorrow we'll do a big football Friday edition of the podcast um, on like the week eve of the NFL season. So we'll have one more week worth of gearing up for the regular season, which I'm okay with that because it'll be fantasy stuff. It'll be, um, again, it's like the season comes so quickly and it goes and it's over. You feel like you wait for it forever. But training camp, OTAs, training camp, preseason, it's all over with. And like the really the start of the NFL regular season is here. True week one is next week and we'll you know build up for the Giants and uh, we'll preview the Giants um, in every way, shape, and form, we'll get a good look at him because now people are like starting to lean towards Broncos kind of handling the Giants. Yeah. And, but that's around here. I'm wondering what the East Coast kind of flavor and feeling of those guys is. And we'll talk about it. So, Jake, good job. I am Danny Williams. I'm at Tweaks Danny on Twitter. Jake's at Jake Meyer Radio on Twitter as well. DraftKings Sportsbook, a partner of the podcast. We love those guys as well. We appreciate you guys and we love you guys. Good night, Sheila. Good night. Good night.